Welcome to the Sanctuary Nymphs. This past season has been exactly how I remember the last few Taurus seasons, becoming immovable and needing to slow down. But this one was also one of resilience. Now as a new mom with my three-month-old baby and not really having the privilege to rest, not at least not as much as I'd like, it's a test to my stubbornness, though it's like Taurus came through and taught me a brand new lesson, not one of slowing down this year, but one of becoming immovable in my desires and moving towards them, even when I'm more tired than ever. And maybe that's because when I connected with Hawthor using our Hawthor tarot spread, which you can still find on our Instagrams, y'all, the communication that came through was really beyond motivating for me. Wow, that truly sounds like you, how do you say it, like getting in a, a spoon of your own medicine. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, for me, Taurus season was, you know, like we talked about like last episode, it was all about looking at my relationship with receiving and to honor my entire spectrum of being. And I truly looked at like, where could I reflect more, you know, of what I'd like to receive. And I just kept asking myself, if I want more time for myself, where could I actually become more patient with myself instead of rushing myself? Like, if I wanted to receive more, where could I show up more? You know, like if I want more space, where do I need to honor the boundaries of others and myself to create more space? And thus, like to make sure I acted accordingly, of course. And I just felt so uncomfortable. And like, like just like you said, like especially tired because doing this does not come natural at all. You know, like I... It really, I have to like continuous, continuously like remind myself like, okay, check, you know, like check yourself before you wreck yourself. And But at the same time, I also never felt more comfortable because I knew or I know that I'm expanding and that I'm growing my comfort zone, but doing so is uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it basically just came down to like truly honoring the entire spectrum of my being. So thank you Taurus season like thank you Hawthor for blessing us with your guidance absolutely like thank you <laughs> it's, it's so it's uh so really when we're thinking about the astrological wheel as the evolution of the human being you know we've been born through Aries season we started to learn what we want or value in Taurus season and now we come to this new energy of where we can communicate those desires to others it's also where we become more curious than ever before because we start understanding that communication not only from our perspective but from others perspectives provides even more information and extended experiences it's like we know our experience and then we meet other people and yearn to know their experience which opens this entire new world of wonder and knowledge like have you ever met someone and maybe even just seen someone and then just had to know them um yes i had that with you <laughs> like when i found you on instagram I was like, 
oh my gosh <laughs> oh my god but that's so the same right but it's that passionate pull like towards each other towards understanding what and who they you know who that person is it's to me that's the epitome of gemini season it's where we as a being start to recognize that communication leads us to what every single being in the world is born to need which really is love and nurturing which you know nurturing comes next in cancer season yeah, and Gemini season is also the time where we are able to become curious about literally everything. Mm -hmm. This can cause us to become very aloof because we find that, yeah, maybe more things pique our interest and we search things only to leave them hanging from ever becoming finished. But that's all right. Like, yeah, isn't a time to be hard with ourselves and on what we produce or put into the world. I mean, we can come off as steady, like a slow down pace, jumping straight into, you know, faster than most other energies within the horoscope. No, 100%. Like it's, you're right. Like it, it's very jarring actually, because we come from this slow pace and then it's like, boom, like you have to be fast. And in my opinion, you know, Gemini really is like the fastest energy of the wheel. In my personal opinion as an astrologer, I really feel that this is true. Because, you know, when we look at them, they're ruled by Mercury. And that's the Roman counterpart to the Greek god Hermes. So it's actually a very... Hermes is a very tea-pouring, tea-spilling kind of energy. You know, when we look at the mythology of Hermes or Mercury, they were a messenger god with winged ankles, flying, I mean, literally physically flying extremely fast. But I love their story because they were one of the only gods or entities even that were able to pass through the heavens, the earth realm, and the underworld. And that makes them an extremely powerful and all-knowing figure as they pass information from one realm to another. So Gemini season is the season not only of communication and conversation, but also where we can develop th those communications within different realms as well. So now, of course, you know, it may not be as an easy time such as like Halloween, let's say during Scorpio season when the veil is literally thin, but it's still one where we pursue knowledge that's both analytical and factual, but also intuitive, grounded in faith and spirituality. And as mentioned before, this is the season in which we start to recognize things outside ourselves, what piques our interest and what we want to learn more about. Getting curious about many things and learning more about these pulled curiosities help us understand ourselves and thus prove the vehicle to share space with others. I love that. And and then there's the hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> And this is really straightforward, like literally hand jobs for your lover. <laughs> but then anything else that has to do with the hands, Gemini season is where we find our hands and fingers and arms and shoulders. It's the time to work with them and express ourselves through our hands. You know, this may mean a loving touch, but it could also mean creating something such as art or or, you know, creating furniture or planting a garden or creating a delicious meal that we found in tourist season and uh, writing, especially, you know. So anything you get your that gets your hands moving and gets them working is important under this energy. This also means taking care of your hands, like keeping them clean, maybe even getting manicures during the season, which helps provide balance in the way we see ourselves, like feeling good about ourselves, but then also taking that time during a fast paced season to just 
do something nice for ourselves, you know? And, you know, for, for someone who's really stuck at work and stuck in doing, 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 because this season will have you undoubtedly doing many things, stopping to get a manicure, like we said, or give that balance is, is like this slow self-care energy. And I think we both can agree that self-care is much more than just like the physical care. Although depending on your personal journey, this may be the care you need to devote to yourself. You know, you have to really be honest. Um, but self-care for us is also mental and emotional care that takes place. And within the Gemini season, there is a like, need to take a lot of care about your mental health. Like, right? Like this is the first sign of the mind as it, it's the first air sign in the horoscope. And it's also the sign of duality. And to some degree, as I was sitting with this information, I really felt like in a lot of ways, the air signs like Gemini, Lyra, Aquarius, all speak to the dimensions of duality to some degree. But it really is where we like first learn duality, you know, like balance, like two perspectives of the same coin, which honestly can be a hard truth because you're like exposed to something you might never, you know, like realize before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also about like understanding that everyone's experience, like our subjective truth can be correct for oneself, but wrong for another. And it's just, it's a pill that no one is ready to swallow. And this is probably the reason why Gemini <laughs> is the most hated sign. <laughs> you know, and even though we all hold every sign within our own chart, you know, you, we all have Gemini. This energy can be a little hard to deal with, especially if it's not an evolved part of ourselves. So live living in the lower mind qualities, which, you know, to be frank, Gemini is considered the lower mind while on the axis Sagittarius, its polar opposite is considered the higher mind, right? So living in these lower mind qualities, you know, if you're not evolved, this can show up as like flakiness or two-faced tendencies or shallowness. Um, But once that Gemini energy within yourself is evolved to a higher state of mind, we do find transcendence through communication and viewing other perspectives and becoming adaptable and, you know, finding more of an objective truth. Right? Like, because of this duality and balance, and just like we talked about, like the two perspectives of the same coin, which can indeed be a hard truth we can learn through or actually have to deal with during Gemini season, I immediately felt a strong connection with the myth of Pandora, as I just noticed she, yeah, she was coming up for me the entire time. But actually, she made me think about like her story by opening the box because out of her fucking curiosity, like <laughs> unleashing all of the wrath, wrath of evil onto the earth. And the world was just like forced to deal with those demons from then on because of that. And I actually came across um, like this Ted Ed clip by Isolde like, Gillespie. I don't know if I pronounced it correctly. So, so sorry. <laughs> um, and to me, she like perfectly explained the duality of curiosity. So I would like to take the time to kind of like summarize her myth. And it's basically that the paradoxical nature of curiosity was personified for the ancient Greeks in the mythical figure of Pandora. And according to legend, she was the first mortal woman, kind of like Eve, whose blazing curiosity like set a chain of earth-shattering events in motion. Pandora was breathed into being by Hephaestus, god of fire, who enlisted the help of his divine companions, 
to make her extraordinary you know like being the first mortal woman and she like from Aphrodite she received the capacity for deep emotion and from Hermes uh, she gained mastery over a language actually I love that Hermes is here hello (laughs) exactly and Athena gave her the gift of fine craftsmanship and attention to detail and it was actually uh, Hermes who gave her her name and then finally Zeus he like gifted her two gifts it was like the first was the trait of curiosity which like settled in her spirit and sent her eagerly out into the world but the second was like this heavy box like uh, ornately like curved like heavy to hold and like screwed tightly shut but the contents allegedly (laughs) Zeus told her were not for mortal eyes and she was not to open the box under any circumstance. <laughs> so obviously, you know, Pandora brimmed with excitement <laughs> at life on Earth. She was also easily distracted and couldn't be impatient. Like she was a Gemini probably. Yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> and given her thirst for knowledge and a desire to question her surroundings, often her mind wandered to the contents of the sealed box. I mean, who wouldn't? And what treasure was so great that it could never be seen by human eyes? And why was it in her care? Its enigma became maddening. And over time, Pandora became more and more obsessed with the box. And one day she start, she stared at the mystifying box and she'd take one glance inside <laughs> then be able to rid her mind of it forever. But at the first crack of the lid, the box burst open monstrous creatures and horrendous sounds rushed out in a cloud of smoke swirling around her screeching and cackling apparently zeus had used the box as a vessel for all the forces of evil and suffering he'd created and once released well they were uncontainable as she wept pandora became aware of a sound echoing from within the box This was not the eerie whispering of demons, but actually a light tinkling that seemed to ease her anguish. And when she once again lifted the lid and peered in, it was a warm beam of light that rose out and fluttered away. She knew that opening the box was irreversible, but alongside the strife, she'd set hope forth to temper its effects. (sighs) Wow. I love I love her myth. Yeah. Like, me honestly. Too. And I think that today like Pandora's box just suggests the extreme consequences of tampering with the unknown. You know, like Pandora's burning curiosity also suggests that um, the duality that lies at the heart of human inquiry. And I just like thought it was so, so beautifully crafted by Tered. And I think that our interpretation is that with curiosity, you know, when you go past the curtains of curiosity into the unknown, you actually, you might find things you just don't like or perhaps even are hurtful. And for us, it just really, this is really embodied in our shadow work, a term we, you know, like Steph and I often use and it's coined by psychoanalysis and psychiatrist Carl Jung. And with uh, shadow work, it's just like basically the process of diving into the unconscious mind and uncovering its tendencies and fixations 
in order to integrate them like further into conscious awareness. And this is just, we cannot emphasize it enough, but this is such important, important work, Mm -hmm. especially when we talk about mental health. And that's the thing with curiosity, like I said before, when you go past the curtains into the unknown, it might be fucking scary because you just don't know what you'll find. And just like Pandora opened a box out of curiosity and unleashed all this evil on, you know, on the world. But on the other hand, after giving the box a glimpse for the second time, instead of all the evil, she actually became familiar with like this warming light of ease, which is called hope. And hope really is stronger than fear. Oh my goddess, like that's beautiful in so many ways and just personally on a very personal note like medicine for my soul (laughs) and I also feel like it's a call to everyone out there that while ignorance may be blissful at the end of all our days ignorance is not bliss for example I don't know it just really reminded me like as you're speaking when we look at anti-racism work for instance right There are so many out there that say, I'm living the white experience and I really don't see what's going on with the BIPOC communities. I don't see racism. I don't see color because I'm not racist. And that to me is the simple look at it. And that is continuing to keep Pandora's box shut, right? Staying blind because ignorance to the experience outside of ourselves is oftentimes blissful, you know? While in reality, for so many others, it is not. What it is, is definitely easier than opening oneself up to becoming vulnerable to like faults and societal colonial programming, which is shitty to say, but you know, I want to say this is a safe space for us to be honest with ourselves so we can grow. And as a half white person and, you know, even a as a white passing person or to all the white people or white passing people out there, you know, there is a responsibility to own our shit. The privilege aspects, yes, that's like number one, but then the shitty aspects most of us are not even conscious of and like refuse to look at. Because there is in fact truth behind the statement, quote unquote, I'm not racist, which may be someone's truth, like they don't want to be or they don't mean to be, but that doesn't mean it translates to be another's truth you know you can think and feel you're not racist but by not doing the inner work and evaluating what other people are going through from a perspective outside of your own and also I should say not trusting in the experiences of others outside of your own like how can you really know your actions and words don't affect the bi and pop community in a harmful way Wow, preach woman. You know, for me, like on a personal level, it, I just, I'm so happy that we get to um, talk about this in this episode because it does feel like an allegory of Pandora's box for people, you know, that it's, in fact, we don't want to look inside the box and unleash this sickening truth that is devastating for so much of humanity and the world. So instead, people just sit blindly and refuse to do the work, you know, to do the shadow work Mm -hmm. when really we could be fighting through the demons to find the light of hope that Mm. this can be a better world for all. If only we open the box and shift uncomfortably through the ugliness that colonization has and is still breeding actually. And Mm. 
change our perspective from the simple experience of ourselves to the complex but radiant perspective of seeing through the eyes of another. Yes, like so much yes. And, you know, this work is really important to both of us, to Rochelle and I. And so I love that this is like such a clear allegory, you know, like opening ourselves to change the perspective to make this a better world. <laughs> like, can we get an amen? Hashtag Gemini season. Yes. <laughs> and so like, I really asked spirit, like, what is the message that the world needs to know about Gemini season? And the ace of cups was chosen in reverse. And for, of course, you know, I felt like the message was really meant to be upright. So I want to do a brief synops synopsis about both. And really that's the Gemini way, you know, doing both the duality. <laughs> As everyone listening can probably fall on one end or both of the spectrums, you know. Um, the Ace of Cups speaks to filling up your cup, you know, new relationships, new love, new creation, big creativity, new emotions overall. But with a further look into this card, which, by the way, I pulled from the deck after Tarot by Corinne Kenner, we start to see that even though this card generally represents like a water sign, there's also the matter of friendship. Yes, Gemini season is where we start to make friends because we start to communicate with those other than ourselves. And the Ace of Cups reminds us that it's important to have friends, but while we can't control others outside of ourselves, although sometimes, damn it, we want to, <laughs> we are reminded here that the most important thing we can accomplish is to be a friend. You know, to hold the responsibility of friendship or lover platonically or like romantically speaking like either way is your is you care for another's heart and when we look at gemini season and we stay conscious of other people's perspectives um, outside of our own we are able to live more fully from the heart and with grace and compassion absolutely i i 100 agree and you know this and it's funny because this card is actually very symbolic of christianity in this specific card there's a white dove holding a communion cracker you know the body of christ so there's also this sense of forgiveness and understanding here which provides a sense of love for all things all beings and the duality of this card is you know is one to talk about because during the season of both um that's it's reverting to the micro look at the individual you know we must must first start with self-love because if you don't love yourself it's it is harder to love others whom you don't understand and i don't want to get it twisted here y'all you know i see so many quotes uh, that speak to like oh you can't love someone and to if you don't love yourself or like if you don't love yourself first how can you expect to love another you know something like that but that's simply not true I actually think that in a lot of ways, that can be a toxic look at love. Seriously, like in actually in my experience, my partner was the one who helped activate my own self-love. I mean, I do need to preface that he was the one who made me realize how hard and critical I was of myself, giving love to others, but not myself. And in the end, I had to do the work and put the time and effort into seeing myself fully and fully accepting myself. But 
he was the catalyst which stemmed the self-love loving me even when i didn't fully love myself you know but i was always able to love people before i love myself so that's why here the reminder is more that without love for ourselves we may find it hard to love others especially those whom we don't recognize similarities with you know we don't allow for ourselves to see others perspectives because we're looking through the eyes of our ego versus the eyes of our heart yes like by the way thank you for sharing about you and your partner because i just yeah you know like <laughs> saying that you don't have to love yourself first for like before you can love someone else that's actually not true you yeah. know sometimes we have like these amazing people just like you for me <laughs> yeah. Remi you know like reminding us how amazing we actually are you know like sometimes um lighting up our fire be because yeah. we're not able to ourselves um but yeah sorry i digress no, but <laughs> i definitely think that in the reverse position like the ace of cups can also speak to not expressing yourself enough or even repressing emotions or thoughts, which to me is all about balancing the throat chakra, which hello, you know me, I mean, this is Gemini season and yeah. self-expression nymph babies, but like, you know, it's about creativity and owning your truth. And, you know, but for some who that message resonates with, this may not mean that it's time to just go out and be like, oh, we're about my life, you know, like, <laughs> here's my truth, just take it, accept it or whatever, you know, <laughs> although maybe it is, it's your personal journey eventually to intuitively feel out. But for a lot of us, it may be a call to look at the throat chakra, like those who may have an unbalanced throat chakra. It's about privately learning to unblock your voice and self-expression. And that can even mean like being honest with yourself, you know, mm. like sometimes we find it hard to admit things not even to others, but just to ourselves, because that makes it like all of a sudden when you like admit it, it becomes a reality. Mm, so true. <laughs> so true. And, you know, taking the time of the twins, which, by the way, is the symbol for Gemini. I really feel like this is a good season to do journaling, meditation or chanting, mantra, affirmation work. I mean, shit, maybe even screaming <laughs> or yelling in your car, you know, et cetera, whatever it is. But doing this work will help you shift in your own creative pursuits and help open or balance the throat chakra. And basically everything we talked about all comes down to exploring you know without mm -hmm. feeling obligated to serious commitment mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the call to your curiosities granting yourself the permission to communicate your needs and just like pandora's box when following your cur your curiosities you may find things you don't like and you can just never go back because you cannot like unsee yeah. all the things that came out of the box but just be soft with yourself, you know, like if things don't work out or when making mistakes, when the call isn't strong enough, you know, like it's okay to just like not pick up the phone, like <laughs> do not disturb, you know, like this season really helps us learn and grow within our own discernment. Oh, yes, 100%. 
And nymphs, like all of our episodes, we created a tarot spread to help you reflect on these energies of Gemini season, which you can find on our Instagrams at Steph Prism and at Rochelle Raquel. Also, this is in the show notes for you for easy access. And as always, we hope to hear from you directly. And for our next episode, we're welcoming in the sultry essence of not only the moon for cancer season, but also the orgasmic climax of the summer solstice. Ooh! And we just want to thank you for doing the work and helping to cultivate heaven on earth nymphs. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.